The following podcast is scheduled for one fall. Coming down the aisle at a total combined weight of 471 pounds, Casey Cage, Chad Jackson, Riker, Lale. Ladies and gentlemen, here is Wrestling for the Faith. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Wrestling for the Faith. I'm Casey Cage. And I'm Chad Lale. Hello. All right. So thanks for joining us uh, this week for another episode. And uh, we're moving into Acts chapter three. We're we're slowly getting through this thing, but man, we're we're stopping and we're breaking down things and and uh, being able to discuss different testimonies and things. And um, the main part is it's uh, it's from the feedback that we're getting. It's helping people out there. So that's the thing that matters. That is, dude. I agree. And real, just a real quick story. You know, we talk. We've been doing, I guess, this for what a month now, maybe, um, or so, maybe longer. I don't know. But you get through. You feel like, man, I've only gotten through three chapters of Acts. Well, a friend of mine was talking to today. And I'm sure he won't mind if I mention his name. A, a good buddy, Tony Settle, that uh, kind of mentors me, and I mentor him. And he was talking about him and a buddy of his um, went through the Bible together. They would go chapter by chapter or whatnot, and then discuss it. You know, um, whether it be on phone, FaceTime, in person, he said it took him almost three years to go through the entire Bible. And I was like, dude, that's really what digging deep into the word is. So it's, it, you know, dude, if it takes us two years to go through five chapters of Acts and whatever, we're, exactly. some people may be like, speed it up. But hey, that's the word of God, brother. You never stop learning. Yeah. I, I don't, uh, I don't go with the whole try to rush through it because I've, there's plenty of people who have read the Bible and didn't get anything out of it. Um, but when you read and you study into it and you allow the Holy spirit to lead you, that's when, uh, you are feeding on the word. And that's, that's where you're feeding your spirit and, and growing in Christ. So, uh, that's, that's what I enjoy doing. And obviously that's what we're doing here. I mean, some of these, some of these chapters we might uh, be able to combine and and kind of talk about two, maybe even three in one night. But so mm-hmm. far, we've not been able to do so. So we'll just keep Listen, going as the Holy Spirit leads. <laughs> brother, it's called the daily – get your daily bread. We're going to preach. Might as well preach. It's called daily bread for a reason. Like if I'm going to sit down and have some bread, I'm not going to eat my week's worth of bread in one day. I'm going to spread it out through the week because I know I have to have that daily nutrients. And for me, it's oatmeal because I don't eat bread, but whatever. It's, it's called daily bread for a reason, man. We dive into the word daily. And whether you read, I'll tell a buddy of mine, whether you read one verse or whether you read a whole chapter or whatnot, sometimes the Lord will have you sit on one single. I've had one single word that I've sat on. And, and God's like, that's one word that I want you to just sit on and contemplate and, and pray about. So, you know, once again, there we go. Yeah. That's that's the truth. So before we get into it, man, uh, how has it been the last couple of weeks back on the road, live audiences and brother symphony of destruction match last week? Come on. Phenomenal, man. First of all, Dallas was insane. I was in Kansas City uh, this past week. Just receptive people, receptive crowds. The WWE universe is on fire. The symphony destruction match hurt so bad. Um, you know, everybody asked how the table, you know, suplex off the top of the ring to the tables felt. I was like, well, it didn't feel good, but the cello shot was what really rocked me. 
Um, uh, so it, it was, you know what, it, it's been good to have live people, man. I mean, you can tell these, these folks have been sitting at home for a week or a week, I'm sorry, a year without seeing live events, any concerts, nothing, you know, uh, just to have crowds. It's, but it's been great. So getting back on the road, different cities every week, um, man, getting a chance to just entertain people and them to entertain us, just getting reactions. So oh yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Feeling that reaction. That's, that's such an awesome feeling. It's such a great adrenaline rush, but yeah, yes, man, sir. I, I was able to uh, sit down last week and watch that match dude. And, and, uh, I was really, I really enjoyed it because you guys had the time to tell the story. And I mean, it, it was very well put together and, uh, I believe everybody enjoyed it. Well, thank you, brother. A lot of fun. Uh, I know you mentioned to me last week that you had to go to your massage therapist and chiropractor a few times, but <laughs> <laughs> worth it no. in the end, I guess. A lot of hot tub sessions too. It was, yeah, yeah. It was definitely worth it in the end for sure. You got to take care <laughs> of that body, man. Nuts. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So beginning in Acts chapter three, uh, would you like to go ahead and, and begin reading there? I guess uh, I will we could just start at verse one there. Yeah, absolutely. Now we're looking at Acts chapter three and this, this is uh, kicking off the lame beggar hill that says now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour and a man lame from birth was being carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And in verse four, it says, and Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Verse seven, and he took him by the right hand and raised him up and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong and leaping up. He stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them walking and leaping and praising God. Now we can carry on to verse nine and all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Um, so there we go, man. We see this <clears throat> lame beggar who, I would, I would assume had been from birth, you know, crippled, having to beg for money, having to ask for, you know, just a, a means of living. And he looks at Peter and John and asks for something. And then Peter and John, you know, show how Jesus would have done things. They made eye contact with this man. You know, they didn't just kind of brush him off and blow him off. They showed love. They made eye contact with this guy and said, look, we don't have any money to give you, but what we can give you, is healing in the name of Jesus Christ. And what really stood out to me, Casey, this week was, or you know, reading into this was this man did not have Jesus in front of him. <clears throat> he had yeah. two disciples that walk with Christ. So this man had to have, had to have faith. He had to have this strong faith. I mean, he wasn't, he was asking for money, first of all. So most of the time, some beggar asks for money and you go, Hey, I don't have any money, but I can heal you. They're going to be like, dude, I don't need, like, I need money. But yeah. this, this beggar obviously had this burning faith with inside him and knew of this Jesus Christ and knew that Jesus healed and he believed in it. So, I mean, there's something here about faith and us as believers, you know, because this man didn't have Jesus in front of him performing the miracle. He had the disciples, 
like we do this day and time. You know, we don't have Jesus walking side by side, you know, with us uh, per se in the physical form to to heal us instantly or whatnot. But we have to believe in faith and understand that uh, Jesus can still perform these miracles. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, you know, it's a two sided coin. We talk about the faith of the, the lame man, but also the faith of Peter and John. And and that's a that's an area for us as believers, as the normal everyday follower of Christ. Uh, you know, I was telling you last week that the main thing, uh, you know, I was kind of studying Acts three and four together. And the main thing that was jumping out to me um, in these two chapters is that Peter never missed the opportunity to preach the gospel. And that kind of convicted me. Uh, and just like, just like right here, um, I would like to say, and, and there's been a lot of times that it has been the case, uh, but there's also been a lot of times where praying for somebody is not my, my initial reaction sure. or, or telling them Jesus can heal them or Jesus can fix their situation has not been my initial reaction. And as we look through the book of Acts and we look in this story and many others, that's one of the things that jumps out to me. And Jesus was always the first solution for, for these people. And that was one of the reasons when me and you first started talking about studying into the book of Acts, that was one of the main things that, that I wanted um, people to understand. And uh, probably not just for the people, but, but for myself. Um, because every time that I've read and studied into the book of Acts, it, it always boosted my faith to see these people who they were normal people, they, most of them fishermen, tax collectors, you know, these disciples of Jesus, they were not special people. They were not high and mighty people. They were normal, everyday people who were radically changed by Jesus and their faith uh, in their risen Savior was just so, uh, so awesome. And, and, and Jesus was always their first solution. Um, and they wasn't afraid to tell this man right here in the middle of every. I mean, you think about a, a church or a temple. I mean, there's people yeah. going in and out. There's. <clears throat> no doubt a crowd around here. I mean, it says there was right. And, and their first reaction was in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. It says, and it says right here that Solomon's portico was, was a, a area that was a huge gathering for teachers and students. Jesus gathered there with his disciples. So like you said, we knew, or we know that this is a, an area where there's a large gap going on. So for these two men to perform this miracle, but not only that, Peter and John in the name of Jesus heal this beggar, this lame beggar. Then he's up jumping and dancing and praising God amongst all these other believers who, um, you know, at that time, maybe some of them might've been a part of crucifying Christ. who was like, didn't know, you know, that, but then in the name of Jesus, they see this man healed. And I'm assuming that this wasn't just Peter, John, and this lame beggar at the gate. You got to think people were going in and out. They were yeah. seeing this happen. 
they were seeing this conversation. They were seeing this interaction. They see this man healed who, whose legs had never been used practically. Then he gets up and starts to walk, uh, you know, jumping around on strong feet, strong ankles. So what does that do? I mean, that's going to, it has to open up somebody's eyes. It has to start to um, <clears throat> make people realize that this Jesus that uh, they persecuted or they murdered, I, pers- I should say, or they didn't believe in was mm-hmm. real. And the healing power in his name was real. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, as you go on, you look and you see that immediately when these people were amazed, the first thing Peter does is, is begins preaching the gospel. He begins <laughs> preaching Jesus to them. Uh, yeah. And, and saying, you know, we wasn't, we didn't do this. This was not by our own power. This was by the power of Jesus. Uh, once again, who you crucified. Yep, and says it. that's another thing about, uh, about miracles. You know, there's some circles, some uh, pastors, churches, evangelists, whatever. Uh, I'm always careful if people want to go running to a church or to a tent revival or something, uh, Oh, I've got to go to this man. He can heal me. Right. And don't get me wrong. I know that there are people who have those gifts that they flow through regularly. Uh, Mm -hmm. you know, that the Holy spirit flows through them regularly. I'm not discounting that, but the, the miracle should always point people just like Peter did here. He turned it straight around and said, this was not us. This was Jesus. Yes. The, the miracle should always point people to the miracle worker, mm-hmm. not to the person operating in the gift. Yeah, dude. And you know, I'm a huge Andrew Womack guy. He says this quite often where he talks about, um, people coming to his conferences or whatever, when he's preaching and saying, Oh, Andrew, can you heal me? And he'll tell him flat out. No, I cannot. What's your, what's your problem is, is your faith in Jesus is your lack of faith. I should say in Jesus is what's keeping you from being healed. Um, so you're right. You can't, we can't start to, and Peter did great right there that we can't start to look at a certain person as going, Oh, they're going to heal me because you you're, you're taking that away from where it really, what really matters. And then that, that name of Jesus and who he is. Right. So I, mean, I see what you're saying. Cause I hear that quite often when I'm listening to some podcasts and you can look at um, uh, verse 16 of acts three. And I just ran across it. It says in his, and his name by faith in his name has made this man strong, whom you see and know, and the faith that is through Jesus has given the man this perfect health in the presence of you all. So Peter's telling right there, dude, it ain't, it ain't us. Yeah. It ain't us. It's, it's like Peter and John's uh, faith, like just pure faith in Jesus. And then this lame beggars, pure faith that Jesus could heal him, even though Jesus wasn't in present person there, but right. in spirit, obviously the Holy spirit was there. And, you know, another thing for people who, who may be, um, there's a, there are some circles too, who say that, uh, you know, if you are, if you're sick, if you have a disease or you're crippled like this man, or or there's something, uh, you know, you have some kind of infirmity that it's because of your sin. Now, There are cases where, you know, the consequences 
of what you have done, uh, you know, causes you to have sickness or disease or whatever. But this man kind of reminds me of the man, I want to say maybe John chapter five. uh, There was a guy who I recall uh, Jesus healed and the disciples went to him and said, so why was this man crippled? Was it his sins or the sins of his parents? And Jesus told them neither, but he was, he was crippled for this very reason so that God would be glorified. So, you know, we've got to understand that there's cases where I think some faith circles like to like to teach that, you know, if you have any problem in your life, uh, it's because you don't have enough faith. You're not doing something right. And I believe that can be damaging to people because I know for me uh, personally, I went through this whole um, this whole type of thing. And and I was trying everything that I possibly could to grow my faith and to have enough faith. And, you know, I was doing all these great works and I felt like I was praying hours and hours and hours. I was reading for hours and hours. I was going to church every time the doors were open. I was, I was kicking down doors, begging, looking for a revival every night, you know, and not that there's anything wrong with that, but I was doing it from a works mentality because I thought that all of this was earning me something and it would build my faith. And all it actually did when I looked and realized that uh, I had not, that I still had problems in my life, it weakened my faith. And, and I ended up burned out mm-hmm. because I had been doing all of this stuff, trying to earn faith. <laughs> and, and that's not, that's not the, uh, that's not the way it works. And in fact, faith must have an object. And just like Peter and John did here, and they do so many other times when there's a healing or when there's something, they always point people to who healed them, which is Jesus. So Jesus and his finished work has to be our object of faith. That's what, that's where our, when our faith is anchored there, that's how the Holy spirit works in and through us, whether it be ministry or healing or, or any of these things. Yes. Yes. And I looked, uh, yeah, man, I put, um, the Romans 10, eight there and I can go read it in a few minutes, but, um, I wrote down the word of faith that we proclaim that Christ is accessible through faith. And it reminded me of something you was talking about just there. And all we literally have to do is reach out and receive. So, all these men, <clears throat> Peter and John, obviously they walked with Jesus. They were healing this lame beggar who this lame beggar had to reach out and receive, you know, and it's, um, there's a moment in the gospel somewhere where because of lack of faith, Jesus couldn't, I don't know if that's the right word, perform miracles or could perform any miracles. I don't know if he could not or he chose not to because of their lack of faith. Yeah. So that's... do you know where it's from? Yeah. Uh, it's when he went through, when he went through, uh, was it Capernaum? Or, I think Capernaum. Yeah. But, you know, he, he says that a 
Oh man, how does it? He says I'm gonna have to look at that. Well, to look it up. But listen, while you're looking it up, it just makes me think of how powerful the words we speak are. You know, uh, I put a little devotional out this morning just about how powerful words are and the, the, the things we speak into our life. And if we're speaking this negative stuff in our life, like, you know, God's not possibly going to do this, or, you know, Jesus can't possibly heal me from this. We're not building our faith. We're, we're tearing our faith down. We're tearing our faith down. We're tearing this, this, um, I guess this accessible, like this accessible faith that Jesus has given us. We're not utilizing it in the proper way. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not finding, I know that's, man, that's right on the tip of my tongue, but, but either way, uh, you know, they didn't believe because it was like in his hometown or really close to his hometown, whatever. And they were like, wasn't this dude right here? Isn't this Mary and Joseph's kid, you know? Right. And so, so they would not believe. So, uh, you know, and it said that he could he could do no mighty miracles except that he healed a few sick people, I think is the way it says it. Um, yeah. But, yeah, if if someone don't believe. Then, you know, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's pretty hard to receive. And you mentioned that a minute ago. We receive by faith everything that we get from God, everything we receive from God is by faith. Our right. salvation is by faith. Our sanctification is by faith. Uh, the baptism with the Holy Spirit is by faith. Right. And there's another another example. I've heard so many people uh, when they have been prayed for to receive uh, the baptism with the Holy Spirit and, and speaking in tongues, and they're like, well, you know, if uh, – if God wants me to speak in tongues, he'll make me. And that's not the way, that's not the way it goes. You have to yield your tongue. You by faith have Mm. to begin to speak and then he fills you. And then as Acts chapter two says, the spirit gives you the utterance, but you have to activate that faith to begin with. You have to begin speaking. Right. For that to, it's not something he's not going to just force anyone to do anything. Yeah. And listen, if you listen to this right now and you're thinking, guys, this ain't as easy as it sounds. I trust me, I know that. So we're not sitting here sugarcoating something going, oh, we'll just have faith all the time because oh, it no. takes, it's, it's daily to me. And for me, it's daily work, but I have to constantly uh, renew my mind, as it says in Romans 12, to renew my mind and, and, have faith without doubting, you know, Casey, you and I talk about this all the time, man. Like we, we, we have our daily struggles and, but I also try to, to, to look to the word of God and it says in James one, six, but let him ask in faith with no doubt or no doubting for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and or driven and tossed by the sea. So we have to start putting into practice, not having this doubt because, you know, I heard a pastor one time say, when you, when you doubt like this, you're kind of telling God, like, you know, I know you love me, but I don't believe you can do this for me, you know? And, and obviously um, it, that's not true. I, you, it's, it's very hard to um, have that faith daily, but it's that, that we talked about the daily bread. 
um, before we jumped on air that, and it, we just have to, we have to work towards that faith, man. We have to build that faith. And we have to remember too, that Christ is in us. Once you're born again, it's not like you're born again. And then a couple of days later, Christ just leaves you. You, you have that spirit. You have that spirit of the, the Holy spirit living in you. Christ is in you. And if Christ is in you, I feel like there's nothing that we can't do. Like you look at Peter and John. I mean, these were eyewitnesses, men who walked with Christ. And then you, you know, you go on uh, looking at Paul who did not walk with Jesus. You know, Jesus has already been crucified, but he ends up being one of the um, greatest disciples who wrote the majority of the new Testament, but he had faith that this Jesus that he had persecuted for so long um, was the Christ was the son of God. And we see the miracles that that man performed. I mean, he, he would just, uh, you know, breathe on people or touch folks and they would be healed or whatnot. So we see the, the just the unwavering faith that, that Peter had. Exactly. And, you know, you were talking about that. Um, the, the, we we're not claiming to have perfect faith. I mean, because, you know, and I, I sit and I, I preach to myself a lot of times when, you know, I mean, I, I talk to you about uh, some of my dearest or not dearest, but uh, deepest struggles, you know, and uh, there's things that we go through that are meant to help us build our faith. And a lot of times, you know, the Bible says that, uh, that the natural man cannot understand the things of God, their foolishness to him. So we have to discern things with, through a spiritual lens. We've got to be looking through the lens of God because when we have sickness, when we're having problems, when we're losing jobs, when we're, whatever we're going through, these things are not delightful. And, and, you know, for some, they would kick you and say, well, if you had enough faith, you wouldn't be going through any problems. That's not what the Bible says. And you right. started on it here just a second ago, but I'm going to read the whole thing here. Uh, beginning at James chapter one and verse one. There you go. Uh, James, a bond servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes, which are scattered abroad. Greetings. My brother encountered all joy when you fall into various trials knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting for he who doubts is like a wave of the uh, wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded and unstable in all his ways. So the Bible is clear that even believers, we're going to go through things. But the things that we go through are not, um, they're, God has a plan and a purpose. And if we will allow it, if we will hold fast and continue seeking God through these things, then 
we will look back on the other side of that trial and we will see the lesson that God was teaching us. And those things that we go through, that's what builds and grows our faith. It's not like we can go to church enough or read enough or do enough spiritual exercises to build our faith. It's the things that we go through in life. Yes. Yes. And at Romans eight twenty eight, and it says, we know that for those who love God and all, all things work together for the good, for those who are called according to this purpose. So we already see that if we go, listen, over the past few months, I've been really soaked in and not only we're working through acts, but really soaked into the book of Romans. And there's so much there that um, I'm learning about faith and learning about who I am in Christ, my identity, like these things that, that I go through, these things that I think that, um, um, define me, don't define my identity. My identity is in Christ. And if my identity is in Christ, then that means that I have to continue to build that faith. So Romans 10, 17, we're bouncing through all this scripture here, but it says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. So to me, the problem is the hearer. Mm. If you, if you're not, if I am reading these words every day, this true word of God, and I'm not putting into practice what I read, what I hear, uh, what I listen to, whether it be sermons or friends or whatnot, then the problem's me. It's not, Casey, it's not you. If you come to me with some scripture, it's not the Bible because, oh man, it has something wrong with it. No, the problem is the hearer. And I put this in some notes and I put the, the for the unbeliever, seeing is believing. So if you're an unbeliever, you tangibly want to see something. You want to see this Jesus, or you want to see this, um, whatever be something be healed, something be made right. But for the believer, our believing, um, is, is the faith is, is mm-hmm. having the faith that Jesus is going to work these things out. And sometimes you're not, I mean, I've got family members that I've prayed for and they still died from cancer. You know, I've got, um, I've prayed for job opportunities before in the past and either I didn't get the job or something else happened. And I have to just sit back and go, okay, the Lord's got something better for me. I have to have that, that faith and believe that all things work together for the good of those who trust God. And that trust is having that faith in knowing that the Lord will take care of me or knowing that Christ is in me, like knowing he is a part of me and walks with me daily. Right. And that is that is true faith right there. Trusting even when the circumstances look like you're defeated. That's what true faith is. It's not just uh, true faith is being able to go through these trials and not see the other side and not see any light at the end of the tunnel but Mm -hmm. still continue to believe, continue to pursue Jesus, continue to cultivate that relationship. You know, I've talked about it plenty of times. Uh, There's days where you're going to read and it's going to be like, you know, the Holy Spirit's (laughs) just going to reveal things. And then there's days where it's just going to be dry. You just feel like you're reading words on the page. There's days that you're going to pray and you're going to feel an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And then there's days where you're just going to pray and you're going to feel like you're just saying words. But 
he says, ask and you shall receive. Knock and it will be open to you. Uh, seek and you will find. Continually yes. seek. Continually knock. Continually ask. That's true faith, to continue even when we don't see the outcome. It's true, yes. And you, you mentioned, and uh, it's a great lead-in because you didn't know I was going here. <laughs> but uh, what you were talking about just a second ago about the, the problem is with the hearer. It's because the one hearing the word is not putting uh, their faith to work. And that's yeah. the thing that we've got to understand. And I really want to, uh, I really want to, I'm going to read James chapter two, beginning at verse 14. I want to read several verses here, but I really want us to understand what the Bible says is faith. So James at verse 14 says, what does it profit my brethren? If someone says he has faith but does not have works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for their body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. It, here's one that we really need to grab a hold of. Verse 19, you believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. Oh, oh you, do you... <laughs> but do you want to know, O oh foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac uh, his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works, and by works faith was made perfect? And then it goes on. But it, it's giving examples and telling us that true faith will act. If, right, if you right. truly have faith, you will be moving in a godly direction. It's, it's an action word. It, it don't mean, you know, I know so many people who just say, you know, yeah, I believe in God. I believe Jesus died for me. But you look at their lives and it does not at all resemble anyone who has the Holy Spirit living in them. And right. So James is saying that just claiming that you have faith is not enough. Uh, and, and that verse 19 really jumps out at me. Basically, I see him being sarcastic here. He's, he's basically saying, you believe there's one God? Well, congratulations. So does the devil. You know, and the devil's not saved. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's funny. I got two little notes here in, uh, in my Bible uh, for verse 19. It just says the, the demons are not atheists. They shudder when they think of God because they know his day of judgment is coming. Uh, like these yeah. demons aren't do they? Yeah, they they shudder because of the fear of God, um, because they know God's word. They, they do. And then, uh, you know, verse 14 through 16, it talks about the faith. It talks about works. And this one says verbal faith, faith that consists of words 
without action is insufficient. And I just think about God creating everything that is in existence by speaking, by speaking these words. So if you go through the Bible and you see all these different things going on, I feel like they're lessons for us. Like we know the Bible is, a, is our roadmap. It's teaching us things. Christ is teaching us to abide in him, to love our brothers, love our enemies, to lay our hands on the sick for healing. He's teaching us to have faith in this stuff. So if we are doing these things in faith, but we're not, you said it, putting action to our words, we can have all the, the we can know all the knowledge of the Bible and all these scriptures by heart all we want. But if it's just empty words without action and putting your faith into action, truly believing on your inside that, okay, Jesus is going to heal me, provide a job for me, um, whatever it may be. It's just, it's putting actions into those words, because as we see in the word of God, everything was spoken into existence. And I put, if we can believe he spoke this, this universe, us into existence, then what more will he do if we believe? If Amen. we believe and if we put forth the action, I've been making it a practice of mine to constantly, I have some little nagging injuries from 20 years of beating my body to death. Um, but I've been putting into action, speaking life into that. And, but not only that, but uh, I'll put it out there to you, Casey, we've talked about it. My mood swing problems. I'm a moody person sometime where I just want to be left alone. Um, you can't do that when you're a father, when you're a husband, when you're, <laughs> you know, when you're sharing the gospel, you can't do that because if you do, then you're missing an opportunity. But I've been speaking into that because it's kind of carried on with me throughout my whole life. Well, it doesn't define me. Now, if I, if I, if I talk about it, but don't put forth any actions, then what good's it going to do? I'm not going to be healed or, you know, those chains aren't going to be broken. Um, I'm just going to be an empty, you know, just, Oh, I can't remember what it says in the Bible. Um, oh man, I can't remember it. it I'm just going to be useless, you know, useless. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's, that's what James says here. And a lot of people misinterpret what James is saying. A lot of people think uh, I've heard people say, well, James is saying, you know, you've, you've got to work in order to earn your salvation. That's not what he's saying. He's no. saying that true faith will produce action. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's the, that's the gospel of it. So you got anything else before we close out this one? I mean, I, there's so much that we could continue on just talking about faith. I don't even, we didn't even scratch the surface, but. No, we did. I think really like if you're listening tonight and or today or whenever, and I think, you know, um, we're not taking this lightly. It's, it's daily work and it's daily work for me and Casey knows for him. And if you listen to this, it's, it's sometimes, um, you're like, well, man, how do you build that faith? Well, you build that faith by going to the word of God every single day. You build that faith by looking, go to Hebrews 11. And this mm -hmm. is the hall of faith. You know, it's what I've heard it been called. And it talks about all these great men and women of faith that, that not even just Hebrews 11, but you can read through the entire Bible. And really that's what it, it, it's helped me build over the past few months, listening to different sermons about my identity in Christ and realizing that once I was born again, Jesus, that Holy spirit resides in me. You know, I, I have this faith, but I just have to put it into practice. 
Um, so you got questions about faith. Good. Because I, every single day have questions about faith, but I, <laughs> but it's amazing because I feel like God's answering those questions by the things I'm listening to, um, the scriptures I'm going to, you know, whether it be in Romans or whether it be in Hebrews, James is a good one. Um, man, yeah, we could do a whole week on nothing but a faith, you know, episode, but that's really what I just, just believing that God, you know, is there working out things in your life, putting that faith into practice and, um, you know, knowing that he is, is working out the good, good in your life. Amen. Set well, your right. market real quick. Sorry. I'm not going to, I'm going to interrupt you real quick. First right. Chronicles 22, 19, the other night I passed it and it says, so this is first Chronicles 22, 19. And I think if you're having a faith issue, it says, now set your mind and heart to seek the Lord, your God, man, if we can wake up every single day and reprogram our, our, whether it be you're waking up and going right to your cell phone for social media or right to the news channel, which is already corrupting your mind. Mm-hmm. If we can set our mind and heart to seek the Lord, our God, right off the bat, dude, as soon as our feet hit the ground, maybe even before, then I think our day will start so much better. And I believe that your faith will start to be built even more and more because, Hey dude, if you seek God with all your heart, soul and mind, Jesus Christ is the same today, yesterday, tomorrow. He's not going to change. He wants us to come after him. He wants us to seek him and give us all of our, our, give us, give him all of our heart. And if we can do that, then our faith will continue to be built and we'll see it and we'll understand it. Exactly. Um, There you go. Exactly. Uh, All right, guys. Well, we thank you for joining us. Be sure to share the podcast. Let other people know about it. If it's a blessing to you, share it. Let people, uh, let others hear it. And uh, you can follow the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash wrestling for the faith. I am real Casey Cage on Instagram and Twitter. Yes. And you got uh, at Jackson Riker WWE for me on Twitter and Instagram as well. So hit us up. All right. And if you have any thoughts, questions, or comments, feel free to email us wrestling for the faith at gmail.com. God bless guys. Yes. See you guys. Wrestling for the faith is now available on YouTube. Just go to youtube.com and search wrestling for the faith.